This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Covered in Pet Hair, a boozy web show for pet lovers on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Isabel Alvarez Arada, and today I am sharing a drink with an entrepreneur, an industry peer, and a business coach with great aspirations and all the things that come with a new year right around the corner. I will introduce you properly as soon as we come back from these messages from our sponsors. Moose is the German Shepherd and hasn't had any kind of health problems at all. He has been on Dynavite since he's a puppy. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. We tell anybody that has a dog, if there was something that you could do right from the beginning so that you don't have expensive veterinary bills, why would you not do it? Get the Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Get some Dynavite. How happy your dog will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Covered in Pet Hair, a boozy web show for pet lovers on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Isabel Alvarez Arada, and today I have the pleasure of having a drink and chatting with an army brand, a pet parent, a dog walker, pet sitter, pet industry entrepreneur, creator, cat person, dog person, dog mom to Bambi, cat mom to Himalayans, Shia LaFluff, and Anderson Pooper, a hiker, a CBD oil lover, a retractable leash hater, someone that only drinks cocktails if somebody else is making them for her, our friend, Lauren Heath. Welcome, Lauren. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. You're welcome. Why do, Why are you thanking me? I'm thankful for you spending the last week of the year with me. Yeah, well, that was quite the introduction. Thank you. I'm so excited that you have this show. This is awesome. Well, thank you for being a part of it. What are you drinking tonight? I am drinking some white wine. I don't remember what kind it was because I, I love wine, but I know absolutely nothing about it. So... <laughs> As long as it tastes good, right? That's all that matters. Yeah, it was cheap and it was in front of me. So that was that was the choice. (laughs) So those are two very important things. Cheap and there. That is perfect. Well, I'm actually having champagne today. Well, it's actually a California sparkling wine. It is, I have a bottle right here because it's very cute. I'm gonna show you. Penelope, if you can barely see it. Um, it is uh one of the wines that I got from my subscription to Naked Wines, which is kind of an interesting wine subscription you kind of help sponsor winemakers by subscribing to their membership, which is the angel membership. And so I get like credits every quarter to like buy a case and they surprise me with all these yummy wines that I have. I don't have to know anything about wines to enjoy. I don't have to choose them myself. They're like in these great cases of different wines and different stories. And so today I popped the uh, sparkling wine in celebration of the end of 2020. So Cheers to you. Thank you for being with me tonight. Cheers, Thank cheers. You. I that's like the best kind of subscription. It just like alcohol just shows up at your door. Here you go. No decisions, just open. 
Exactly. So long as they don't show up to deliver the box when my kids are napping, I'm good. Because then the dogs start barking, the kids wake up, and I'm like, don't take my wine. But that's a whole other show. So anybody who's participating in our drinking game today, when you hear this word. Today's secret word is industry. My guests won't know it, but you can take a drink and please make sure you're over 21 to participate, that you're not drinking and driving and you're always drinking responsibly. So cheers to everybody watching and playing our drinking game. So Lauren, let's get right into it. If you have a lot to say for this next segment, I wouldn't be surprised if you did, because I want to play a game with you about how 2020 has really gone for you. (laughs) Oh, this will be a fun game. I'm ready. (laughs) So I'm not sure because like you and I haven't really spoken. We haven't gotten into depth of how I know how your year has been going because Lauren and I are friends on social media. And now I consider her a friend just because we've been friends on social media for so long and we're in the same industry. But I know she's had a rough year. I know I've had a rough year. I know so many people have had a rough year. So our game today, because that's how I introduce this show every time, is hindsight is 2020. (laughs) That's the name of the game. And are you ready to play? Oh, I'm ready. (laughs) All right. So first question, and this is a fill in the blank game. So I'm just going to say blank and you're going to fill in the blank. But the whole point is to be quick, quick, quick. If I had to describe 2020 in one word, it'd be? Surprise. Mm, Nice. The biggest lesson I learned in 2020 is? You do not know what's coming. Girl, you said a mouthful there. I started 2020 thinking... I would have a business, a pet care business in 2021. (laughs) Cheers to that because ditto. All right. I'm wrapping up 2020 thinking. I'm so excited for 2021 and what it's coming. Awesome. That's so exciting. If 2021 is anything like 2020. Mm, I might pass. (laughs) (laughs) On the year. They just skip the year completely. (laughs) Okay. I didn't know that was an option because I might have like passed on 2020 and I know I'm not the only one. All right. In 20 years, I'll look back on 2020 and know that this was a year of growth. The best thing about 2020 is or was that it's ending. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. And the last one is blank 2020. Bye. Bye 2020. I love it. Awesome. Great job. That was fun. Okay. So why don't you tell us or me and us, who were you when 2020 started? What were you up to? Who were you in your mind when January 1st, 2020 rolled around? So it's funny because, you know, you sent me like a little survey to ask me some questions prior to the show. And I was like, okay, well, who I am now is not who I was six months ago. So Basically, I think at the beginning of the year, I identified as a dog walker, pet sitter, a pet business owner, someone who saw a future in this industry. Now, I definitely identify as a business owner still, but if I'm just being completely honest, I don't see a future for me personally in the decision that I made for my business in the pet industry. So it's just, it's a, my identity has completely shifted. When did you realize that this shift was coming? <laughs> the... Light bulb moment was when I was talking to my accountant in September and she basically, I was just like, how long can I do this? (laughs) Well, how long do you want to do this? (laughs) Like, I don't know. (laughs) So, you know, I, I think just sitting and thinking about, you know, the amount of effort that I had, I would have had to put in to really just get to a point where we would have been okay, not thriving, just okay. It just, for me, where I'm at, and this team with my team and everything, it just, it, it didn't make sense for me. So 
what feedback were you getting from your employees when COVID started? Because really what's, you and I are on the same boat. We both started 2020 with pet sitting businesses, thriving pet sitting businesses in Northern Virginia. And then March rolls around, COVID hits. What were your employees telling you? Gosh, I mean, it was kind of different. I mean, we have a variety of different types of people on my team. So, I mean, there were some people who were just like, yeah, I'm scared. I want to stay home. Like, please don't make me go out, which of, of course, like, you know, at the end of the day, safety was like the most important thing for my team. Like, and so of course, you know, anyone who didn't feel comfortable prior to the at home, you know, thing being put into place, like they were at home. Um, then we had other people who were like, look, like, you know, um, you know, I, I want to do, you know, whatever you think is best. So, I mean, most people just kind of followed whatever they trusted me, which felt really great. And so, you know, they understood, you know, when I had to lay them off and then I brought people back. So everyone was just really understanding up until this point, And when we're recording this, um, I still have the same people on my team. So I actually hadn't had to let anyone else go, which was really great. So I think they just ultimately were just kind of looking to me for guidance and trust and looking to me to make like the right decision. How did COVID-19 affect your client base? Oh gosh. I mean, it just honestly killed it. It we were, you know, 80% dog walking. We had, you know, I think similar to you guys, you know, we worked really hard to try to just be predominantly dog walking because we knew that's really what was best for the team. You know, I wanted them to have a really good work-life balance. But then, you know, when all this happened, we, you know, there were some people who just didn't see the need for us and didn't really understand why would I have someone come if, you know, you're, <laughs> if I'm home, you know, right. when it was safer to do so, like, why would we have you come? And then, then we have people who, you know, have compromised immune systems where it just wasn't safe for them, of course, and we would never want to compromise their health or anything like that. So it just honestly made a lot of us just feel like, you know, we kind of weren't necessary in a way, which was really sad. Right. But it also, oh gosh, I feel like there's so many positives, even though the things I was saying about 2020 were like, you know, more negative, like honestly, 2020 has been a really great year in a weird way because it allowed us to really see the clients who were there, like the most loyal ones, like those relationships are even stronger. So it, you know, People either kind of rose up or fell down, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I totally saw that as well. We had uh, clients who were, you know, paying for dog walking services when they were home, not wanting us to come in for many reasons. They had immune compromised uh, family members or they just didn't really want the interruption while they were working from home or the kids were studying from home and all that stuff that happened so quickly for many people. And then some of them were just like, like I had a client give me a $700 deposit for future services and said, well, maybe we'll use a walk in the fall. And I'm like, you're going to pay $700 for a walk. And because, you know, they were so loyal to us since, you know, they got their puppy 10 years ago and they didn't want to see us fail, unfortunately that wasn't enough to support us. And like, I'm sure you felt I wasn't going to continue to bill my clients who were not using our services because we didn't know, or we still don't know how everybody's going to be impacted. So just because they had a job and were employed at that time, I was worried that people were going to start losing their jobs. And then here they are paying for my business to stay afloat when their family may not. So dog walking was the bread and butter for our business as well. Like you said, it was great for schedule. It was a huge need in the Northern Virginia area, right outside of DC, for those that are not familiar, 
the commutes are really long. So people needed a dog walker. It wasn't a luxury and it wasn't a, like a, a spend. It was kind of a necessity. If you wanted to have a dog, you needed somebody to help at least a few times a week. And so we had regular clients every single day or, you know, three, four times a week having us come in to their house while they were at work to let their dogs out. And uh, yeah, when, when people started staying home and people stopped traveling, yeah, I mean, what business is there to be had for in-home pet care, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that says so much though about, you know, the fact that A, people were offering you money and you turned it down. Like that says so (laughs) much. That's something that I've, sorry, not to go off track, but that's something I've always really admired about you is, you know, you're, I think you do everything right. I know that you said that in one of your podcasts that you had done, you know, with someone else, but I really do think that it says a lot, you know, about you. So Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, likewise, because like recognizes like, right? So what, when did it seem like there was not no repair? Like uh, September when you met with your CPA, like that was it? I think, so here's the thing. I think that there, there was, and I think still is an opportunity to repair. But if I'm just being completely honest, which I always am, I feel like at one point, like I didn't really realize that I I don't want to say I lost my passion because my passion is serving people in whatever capacity. It doesn't really matter. Like I just know I was put on this earth to serve in some capacity. I think it just made me really sit and reflect, you know, because I kind of started doing the whole more B2B helping small business owners. And I just, you know, felt this like passion. I started waking up early and I'm not a morning person. So like, you know, like I think it was when I kind of started comparing the way that I was feeling doing this thing that I've been wanting to do for a while and this thing that I've already been doing for a while. It was more that than anything. I think for me, on top of the fact that we're already struggling, it's tough times, you know, Yeah. You run a business to be profitable. I think everybody who runs a pet care business is struggling right now because depending on the business, whether it's grooming, veterinary, retail space, any pet related dog training, all these things, you're in this because you love it. It's a passion of yours, but you're not going to fund it personally if it's failing. You can't. And that's not something that anybody can do as much of a passion as it might be. If you're locked down like groomers were for two months, yes, they were able to recover because people then, you know, started making up for the the grooming that they didn't get. So groomers have done okay, or maybe even better in many cases, because people are home and have the time to, to drop their dogs off and pick them up. Veterinary clinics are struggling because they need more staff. They can not take that many people in at the same time. They have to do more shuffling. You know, pet sitting businesses were kind of struggling uniformly across the country, across the world, because people aren't traveling, people aren't going into the office. And then you have, you know, dog trainers who are, you know, shifting. They're now doing video conferences and no longer face-to-face training. And a lot of that can be done, even if it is face-to-face outdoors with masks, which lends itself. But, you know, it's still more work and it's still people are cautious. So you don't have the same amount of clients. So it's not just pet sitting business, Lauren and Isabel struggling. It's the whole industry struggling. And you need to have, first of all, the passion and know that that's what you're supposed to be doing. But even with that, you need to have some promise of better days ahead. And it seems like a lot of us are going to see better days ahead when the vaccine comes out, which may be late 2021. So that's not really something sustainable for most businesses. So what is your next step as far as have you announced your employees know? Yeah. So half of my team knows. I So actually I'm telling people, we're you know, filming this earlier, but uh, I'm telling my the rest of my team who doesn't know tomorrow, actually. Okay. <laughs> um, I, d- I did tell the people who I felt like I knew that they were fine, like 
in a spot where they financially need this position. It only felt right to tell them is to give them as much notice. And basically we're telling our clients in two days from now. So it's not officially announced as of yet when this airs, it will have be. It's such an emotional thing, you know, like what I ended up deciding to do is to um, refer my clients to, you know, other pet businesses in the area, you know, based off of what seemed like the best choice for my clients. 100%. And you know how they do business, you know them professionally. So you trust these people. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. So we're going to have to go to a break, but as soon as we come back, I'm going to ask you about any rituals that you might have planned for either the new year or this business closing, which is the same day. So we'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Molly, here's your dinner. (coughs) Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Covered in Pet Hair. I'm your host, Isabel Alvarez-Arada, and today I'm chatting with Lauren Heath, who calls herself the empathpreneur. So I want to know what the empathpreneur has planned as far as rituals or send-offs for 2020 and her previous business called Presidential Pet Care, which she's closing down on 12-31-2020. (laughs) Well, gosh, I feel like I have so much stuff I need to clean through. I'm like looking through all my old files and (laughs) I want to kind of clean house. I I know that you were doing that as well. So I really want to get, you know, things organized and kind of really have like a nice kind of closed book feeling. So there's that, you know, and then as far as, you know, myself and like what I'm doing, you know, I'm really trying to just set myself up for the new year for my new business. You know, my goal is to, you know, work with small business owners, you know, in any industry, not just the pet industry. Although I have had quite a few people in the pet industry connect with me, which has been really cool. So describe what you're doing, because you're really focusing your efforts on helping small businesses with social media and video. Yeah. So I believe very strongly that video is the most powerful tool that we have in regards to social media, and that video is the most powerful and authentic way that we can show up as business owners, not only to, you know, to meet uh, our clients where they're at, but also to then connect with people who maybe are just coming into our circle. So that's kind of my whole belief. And the whole name empathpreneur, I'm a social worker turned entrepreneur. That's kind of the world that I was in prior to starting my pet care business. And so it definitely helped me, you know, grow my business and connect with people. And now I feel like it's even helping me even more because I'm in a way kind of like coaching people through this like fear of that, you know, or discomfort that they might have with video and helping people kind of get to the other side, which is a more confidence and B, depending on what you you know do, you can actually make a lot of money. I've done Facebook lives with uh, a couple of people in the pet industry 
selling their products on Facebook Live and they've made hundreds of dollars. So it's been really crazy and fun. And I just feel so amazing helping people reach these goals. Why is it important to support these efforts and what's the benefit for me? Hmm. Well, they're great questions. Well, first of all, you get to support small businesses, which we already know, you know, is super important. I love how people kind of came together and rallied around restaurants, especially during this time. So I think, you know, doing the same thing for our fellow pet businesses or, you know, pet businesses would be really great. So I think, you know, if you see a pet business that you like, like I know down the street, I have this place that I go get treats and stuff. I know I could get them cheaper, you know, maybe like a couple bucks cheaper on Chewy, but I want to support them and keep them open. So, you know, I think just like going there or if you can't go there, you know, doing their online delivery, engaging with their social media, leave them a review, sharing them with your friends. Hey, if you're local, check out Nature's Nibbles or, you know, whatever the company is, tag them in your, take a picture of your dog eating the treats and tag the company. You know, these types of things might not seem huge and they take like five seconds, but they really, really help make a big difference for these small businesses. I think it's true. I think you have to be in the pet care industry or in business in any industry right now in this day and age to recognize the impact that something that simple can really have. It creates credibility for the business and like having fans. Obviously, people want to go to a successful business that has fans and support that business. And if, uh, you know, Petco or the big guys are getting more of that kudos, then that's where people are going to go. But if you have a favorite local business that you want people to go to, it's important to like speak out on their behalf, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, we rise by lifting others. So got to lift up, you know, the other small businesses right along with you for sure. That's awesome. And so what can people do to support businesses outside of social media? You mentioned word of mouth, sharing things like with their friends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think just honestly, you know, sharing like I know that I, for example, you know, use a certain groomer and anytime someone comments on Bambi's very well groomed hair and I'm like, oh yeah, I love my groomer. Like I always take any opportunity that I have to like talk up other businesses because I genuinely mean it. So I think just, you know, any opportunity that you have to like give someone a little a little plug, you know, I think it it really does a long way. Especially, you know, I mean life is all about relationships. So if you know you have a relationship with someone, you know, and you're recommending something like people are going to be like, oh, well, I trust them. And so I'm going to listen to what they're saying. So I think just, again, we rise by listening other. Word of mouth referrals are like the bread and butter of so many people out there. Realtors will always ask for referrals and business owners of any kind will ask for referrals and reviews are really important right now. So if you had a good experience with somebody, put a review on Google or Yelp or Facebook. It's so important to, and I don't feel like people do it that much. Like I, I, I mean, having run a business for 12 years, it was hard to get people inspired to share, even though they were emailing me the kudos and saying all the good things, it was hard. So how do pet business owners or business owners in general, how do they inspire the effort, that five second photo or that, thanks, my groomer is awesome. Check them out at XYZ Grooming Place. I know that with my business, we had set this up right before we decided to close, but we created kind of like a little incentive program. And I know that you kind of had one with your business, but I think if you do a little something for your customers that makes them feel special, they're going to in turn want to make you feel special. So it doesn't necessarily have to cost you money, but it could even just be a little shout out or posting a photo of their pet. I think little things like that really go a long way with people. 
So what do you say to the people who are on social media, whether it's a business person or an influencer, even one of these like pets that have their own Instagram or Facebook pages, what do you say to them when they're not seeing a lot of activity on their pages? What do you say to encourage them? Uh, interact with other people. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny. Social media is a two-way street. People post and they're like, well, I didn't get any likes or I didn't get any engagement. I'm like, well, are you engaging with other people? If you just kind of walked into a room and started just talking at people and were like, hi, I'm Lauren. I do this and this and this, and I'm this and this and this and this and this and this and this. People are going to be like, what is her deal? <laughs> but if you actually try to engage in a conversation with people and build relationships, just like you would in person, you know, social media is the same thing. So, um, and I'm totally guilty. I have, my dog has an Instagram and one of my cats has an Instagram. <laughs> so no judgment here. You have to share the handles with me so I can put them in the video and people can follow your dog and both your cats. And I love their names, by the way. Can you tell us again what their names are for anybody who missed the intro? Yeah. So um, my dog's name is Bambi and he has an Instagram. And then my first cat uh, is Shia LaFluff. And um, my other cat is Anderson Cooper with a P. Did you get both Shia LaFluff and Anderson Pooper at the same time? Yeah, they're brothers. They're a bonded pair of senior cats. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love how creative you got with their names. I think that's awesome. I love how positive you are and how despite what you've gone through, because I will say, and this is not about me, this is about you, but I think that closing down the WAG pack was a little traumatic for me. Mm. There was some trauma there. There was some grief there that I think a lot of people are experiencing with their businesses ending, closing down shop or whatever they have to do, or just completely changing, maybe keeping the brand, but completely changing things. It's still grief because you worked so hard to build something up and then it's basically gone overnight. So I have to commend you for the positivity. Obviously you are the empathpreneur. You really do have like a, a really heart centered focus on this and your servant leadership, like you and I have talked about, it shines. It really does. You really are somebody who wants to help others and make the world a better place. So cheers to you on that. Um, tell me what your new year's resolution is so we can all be inspired by you and what comes next for you. Oh my gosh. My new year's resolution is that I would like to, at this time next year, have grown um, my business to the point where it can support myself and that I have supported multiple business owners go from never having been on video at all to now just like letting their light like shine. Like that's like my goal. I can see it. I know it's coming. And so I'm just, you know, looking for my people to, to serve. So, so that's my goal. Do you have any goals for your own video presence on social media? Because I think that it's easier to help other people sometimes than it is to help ourselves. You're calling me out. <laughs> no, I'm just asking because I, it takes, you know, this, this is very controlled, right? This is a very controlled environment. I've planned this interview. I have my set. Everything's very controlled. What you're doing is less controlled, less planned. Not that this is not authentic, but it, this is just more planned. So something more, I guess, off the cuff is what you're doing. I know that that is kind of where you are. Not that you're against planning and, and setting up sets, but tell me what stops you and what gives you butterflies? Oh, oh my gosh. Well, okay. So I guess it's good that you asked me this so that I can say it here. So then I have accountability, right? <laughs> so I mean, my goal has been for a while that I have yet to, but will accomplish is to go live once a week, you know, either on Facebook or Instagram, doing either like a Q and A or serving people in some fashion with my business. So 
that I guess is the goal. So some of that requires more planning. Some of it's more off the cuff, but you know, if I went live same day, same time every week, um, I think that would be really great. And what gives me butterflies is just knowing that I've impacted someone, you know, I love to serve. So that gives me butterflies. That's awesome. Well, I agree. That is the goal of this show was actually to entertain and educate. And that's how I plan on giving back. And that's, I feel like my, my purpose is to share what I know and the people I know and recognize the awesome talents that I'm surrounded by. So my new year's resolution, not that you asked, is to just do more of the inspirational stuff, inspire pet parents to be better pet parents, inspire pet people to put themselves out there so that pet parents can find them, all those good things, and then continue to try to just make the world a better place for animals, which I think is why I love all the pet people in the industry. That's really what we care about. And I love pet parents because they just want to do the best they can, but they don't always have the access to the information or the resources that they need. So hopefully this little package makes it fun to watch and learn. So I want to propose a toast to you for being on the show, for being my friend, and for all that you do for both the pet care industry and for all the business owners you're going to help in the future. I have no doubt you're going to be super successful. Cheers to our executive producer, Mark Winter, for making this show possible. Cheers to our viewers and listeners on Pet Life Radio. Here's to a life covered in pet hair because there's no better way to live and to a fantastic 2021 because it's only up from here, right? Yes, absolutely. Cheers. Cheers to you. Thank you. And uh, we'll see you next time. If you want to learn more about Covered in Pet Hair, please visit CoveredInPetHair.com or check out PetLifeRadio.com. Talk soon. Let's Talk Pets every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.